you're surrounding yourself with people who have low expectations for themselves. Um, you know, don't take it as serious. Um, you're going to turn into that, you know, but if you put yourself and you surround yourself with the people who are constantly grinding, people who are constantly growing and you challenge them, you're going to grow. You're going to grow with them. Welcome to the Generation Youth Podcast, where we ignite the future by empowering our youth. I'm James McLamb, your host, founder, and CEO of Generation Youth, and the author of the best-selling book, Tomorrow's Youth. Whether you're a parent, an educator, youth pastor, or coach, join us as we dive into the pressing issues facing our young people today. Together, We'll unlock the strategies, insights, and inspiration to elevate and equip our next generation. Stay with us, and let's make a difference, one youth at a time. Chris, welcome to the Generation Youth Podcast. Uh, thank you for two things. One, for being a part this past summer with the Igniting the Next Generation Summit. We appreciate your contribution to that and two for being a guest on our show so welcome chris no thank you so much i mean this is i i tell you being introduced to uh you know folks like yourself and everybody who was involved in the summit i love that i love the opportunity to to meet new people you know hear some new ideas brainstorm a little bit i think that's the most important thing in life as you get older is you know you you maintain this this student mentality of, of continuing to learn so i'm happy i was able to maybe have an impact on a few people, but uh, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for, for just letting me be a part of it, giving me the opportunity to learn. Well, as we get farther in the show, I'll tell you how it's affected the, the immediate, uh, your presentation affected the immediate house that I live in and what how it'll be used going forward on that. Great. Chris, our audience loves to hear uh, from the guest a little bit about themselves. So if you wouldn't mind, introduce yourself to the Generation Youth uh, Yeah, sure. No, I appreciate it. And and thanks again for having me. This is, uh, you know, quite, quite an opportunity, um, you know, to, to chat with you. Born and raised in New York city, you know, played hockey, uh, you know, started playing ice hockey when I was nine years old and fell in love with the game. I actually grew up in a, in a baseball family, a huge Yankee family and, you know, in New York and, uh, the second I played hockey. So be careful here now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anytime I tell anybody I'm a New York Yankees fan and it's just, it's everywhere, you know, and, you know, but the, I tell you that, you know, I, I was playing baseball growing up and I tell you the second I played, you know, ice hockey for the first time, I just fell in love with it. And, uh, you know, the speed, the, the intensity, um, you, know, uh, you know, growing up with ADHD, uh, you know, hockey was the perfect game for me, you know, where baseball, you know, I was one of those kids in the outfield, you know, checking out the butterflies and, and all that, you know, standing still wasn't a thing for me. You know, I, I had to constantly moving and, uh, you know, definitely love the energy of it. But I, you know, one of the things that I love uh, the most about hockey really was the the camaraderie that you have with your teammates. And uh, there are so many different ways that you can uh, help your team win. Um, and it's not just scoring goals. It's, it's, you know, sometimes it's just a little pep talk, you know, um, you know, chatting up one of your teammates, um, you know, who might be in a little bit of a slump and, and vice versa. You know, I, I love that. I mean, I've, you know, I've had some great coaches throughout my playing career, you know, but I, I definitely learned the most from, from my teammates, mm-hmm. you know, and, and seeing the challenges they might've gone through as athletes and, you know, seeing how they overcame that. Um, but yeah, so I played hockey, I actually started playing hockey. Um, 
started playing roller hockey. That's how I introduced myself to the game. Uh, started playing roller hockey, played roller hockey for uh, a year. Uh, in my first roller hockey game ever, um, I scored on my own net. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh, sorry, you know, it was I funny. shouldn't laugh at you, but that is funny. No, it was, <laughs> listen, it was, it was, it was one of those things. And, and we look back on it and, and laugh because, uh, you know, and I, I've got a 10 year old daughter that, you know, it's one of those things that I constantly remind her that, you know, you're going to make mistakes. Just don't quit, you know, just keep, you know, and, and, and I always bring up that example. My first hockey game ever, you know, this is before I even played ice hockey. I played or started with roller hockey. I scored my own net and I could have easily just quit right there. You know, my own teammates are yelling at me. Everyone's laughing, um, you know, but, uh, you know, I brushed it off and, and, and kept playing and, and just fell in love with the game. So, uh, yeah, played hockey, you know, started when I was nine. I got pretty good. Um, and I, I like to say I got pretty good too fast. You know, I think, you know, I was a good athlete. You know, I, I love the, the speed of the game. I love the physicality of the game. You know, the issue was I was, you know, I, I think I played like I was six, five, but, I, you know, I was, I was always one of the smaller players on the team. So my body took a beating and, you know, I remember when I was, uh, you know, 15 years old, I, I tore the ACL in my right knee and was right at a time when my stock was rising, so to speak, when it comes to recruiting and, you know, getting looks at it from scouts and stuff. So when I was, you know, 15, I, I decided to, uh, postpone the surgery to finish out the season, uh, to try out for the, uh, U S national program. And the plan was to, uh, you know, play for team New York at the USA festivals. And, uh, I did it on one wheel and, um, mm -hmm. and I actually, uh, you know, I made team New York, made it to the festival. And then, um, right when, uh, you know, I was going to have the, uh, you know, finish out that tournament, uh, first game in the tournament, I, uh, I have a, you know, I, I, I go head first into the boards, you know, and, and knock myself out. So, uh, you know, right after that tournament, I had my first, uh, first knee surgery that put me out for eight months, came back my first year of junior hockey and, uh, you know, uh, finished out that, I think I played like about the last 10 games of my, my first year of junior hockey with the New York Apple Corps. And then, uh, my second year. Um, when I was a senior in high school, I, uh, I tore, uh, my, the ACL in my left knee and that put wow. me out for another you know, six, seven months. So, um, you know, during those, those, that period where, you know, you're trying to get recruited and, and like I said, my stock was rising, you know, for no doubt about it. And, you know, I went from, you know, having, uh, you know, a handful of schools, you know, interested in me to radio silence nothing, you know, and, and just because I wasn't playing and, and, uh, you know, being out of the lineup and, and, you know, I kind of fell off those lists that I was on, um, you know, especially a, a smaller player coming out of New York city, you know, I was, uh, you know, I was getting passed up by a lot of them. So, uh, but yeah, decided, Hey, I came back, you know, after my second surgery, thought I did pretty well, to be perfectly honest with you. Decided to go uh, play Division Three hockey at, at SUNY Geneseo, um, right around 9/11. Right, I was in I was in Geneseo, New York, uh, when 9/11 hit, and um, you know I remember kind of you know having this you know this, this feeling of hey you only get one shot at this thing, you know if if you've got a goal in your life, you know and Geneseo was great. I had a great coach there and Brian Hills and. You know, it was a great school, you know, but my goal was to always play division one hockey. And so I returned to junior, I left school, returned to junior hockey 
and uh, with the goal of, hey, I'm, uh, I want to be that Rudy. You know, I want to go play Division One hockey somewhere. And the school I always wanted to play at was Iona College hmm. uh, in New Rochelle, which is about 30 minutes out of New York City. Yeah, I know where and, I want to uh, yeah, yeah, no, and and that's that's where I always wanted to go, right in my backyard in New York, and you know, and and finish out that season of junior hockey. And I'll never forget during during the year, the Iona coach at the time was Frank Reddy, came to watch me play, and I knew he was in the stands, and and uh, I scored two goals that game. I was like, all right, this is my showcase, and you know, like every young athlete, you know, you go into the locker room and you're hoping the coach pulls you out and offers you a scholarship right on the on the spot. So I'm in the room, you know, he, I get pulled out and, uh, you know, I was basically told, Hey, we're going to go in a different direction. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't the conversation I was hoping to have. And, uh, the tough part about it is and we laugh about it. We were the team we were playing against as I'm leaving the arena, you know, coach is talking to one of the players on the other team who wound up going to Iona. Right. So, you know, I had a chance to witness that, but, uh, during that season, you know, it was at a point, you know, where that, that happened towards the end of the, the season, going to playoffs. Um, and when we're in the playoffs, prior to that, I had applied to Iona on my own, you know, with the plan of, like I said, I want to be that Rudy, you know, mm -hmm. that walk on. I got in and, and you know, I, I received some academic money and I said, you know what, screw it. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and, you know, and, and give my best shot. So I remember I after the day of my orientation at Iona. I, uh, I call up coach Breddy and I say, Hey coach, I'm, you know, I'm here at orientation. I, I'd love to chat with you. He goes, yeah, come up to my office and we'll chat. And so he painted a pretty dark picture for me because I had played three games at Geneseo and I would have, uh, you know, I would have had to have red shirt that year, the way the rules were at the time. And I said, listen, I'm willing to do whatever I can to be a part of this team. And you know, I'll fill up water bottles. I'll sharpen skates. I'll do whatever you need me to do. And he's like, yeah, but you know, you know, what's going to happen, you know, next year when you are eligible to play, you know, are you, are you willing to come in and compete with third and fourth line guys, you know, to be in the lineup? And I said, listen, coach, I'm not coming in here to compete with third and fourth line guys. I'm coming here to compete with the first line guys. And I think he saw how serious I was and how committed I was to this. And, and I'll never forget, he leans back, pulls, pulls out a workout program and says, all right, catch up. You got a few weeks to catch up. And I remember leaving his office and, and my father was, was, waiting for me downstairs and he goes, how'd it go? I'm like, I don't know. He gave me a workout program and said, be ready to go. And, and, uh, by the time I had gotten home, um, I had saw that they had added me to their recruit list. Oh, wow. You know, I had a jersey number and everything. Yeah. And, and it was wild, you know, where, you know, I think I talked myself into, uh, you know, getting on a division one hockey team and, you know, that year was incredible for me. I mean, it was, it was a year that, uh, you know, I went into it with this mindset of, I know I'm not going to play in any games. I'm going to have to practice every day. I'm going to wake up early, go to the workouts and all that. And, uh, and just be in my, my number one goal was just be the best teammate that I could possibly be. And I think not having, you know, up with the two knee surgeries that I had, the injuries there with the rehab being so long kind of prepared me for that, you know, where it's like, I know what it's like not to be in the lineup. I know what it's like to be on the sidelines and, and not watching, right. Or not playing. So, you know, I think that really helped me, you know, that year. And, and, you know, I was working out, I was, I was, I was probably in the best shape of my life. And, and I was like, I could, I was full math and just waiting to get, get that chance that following year, the week, this is wild, the week leading up to the first playoff game, uh, the hockey team gets a, you know, a phone call that we have to meet with 
the the president of the school and the athletic director uh, the next morning. And at first we were like, oh, they're going to wish us luck in the playoffs. And, and, you know, and then some rumors started going around that this might not be uh, a good conversation we have. And I see where this uh, is going. Yeah. They, they dropped the program and uh, it was, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just, um, just, just, you know, talking about it. You know, this was, you know, 2003 and um yeah, it, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was tough, you know, having gone through the whole season and just get, you know, you know, punched in the stomach there and just get the, you know, your dream kind of pulled out from underneath you, you know, and like I said, it was something I had gone through already, you know, I'd gone through the, those tough times dealing with that adversity and, you know, it was really during that time where this whole game seven mindset started coming about, you know, how do you, you know, bring your best effort um, you know, when you need it most, right? There's a big difference between those players that can do something and the player that can do it when it needs to be done. And for me, I mean, I treated every single day, every single practice that season, you know, like it was a tryout, you know, like I had something to prove every single yeah. day. And that's tough because yeah, you want to be physical and you want to, you know, but at the same time, you understand that you're not going to be in the lineup and the guys you're, you're practicing with as a red shirt, they're going to be playing that way. You know, so it's like, how do you walk that line of, you know, you know, playing a hard game the way I played, you know, and not trying to injure your teammates, you know, and, and, and things like that. So it taught me a lot, you know, and, and, um, so they dropped the hockey program at Iona, started looking around some other D3 programs, had an opportunity at Utica college that didn't work out. Um, you know, I was at that point, I was physically, emotionally, you know, mentally just trained. You yeah. know, that the game, it's just, you know, and, and from that point, you know, I remember reaching back to uh, a former coach of mine, Patty Bowler, who was working with the New York Rangers. And I said, listen, I think I'm done playing, you know, and, and he, he helped me get an internship with the Rangers. And that's what started my career in the marketing world and PR. And I was like, oh, that's pretty neat. You know, I get to, uh, you know, do PR and marketing and be a part of a professional team and it was right around that time when I started coaching. Um, I started out as an assistant coach, uh, coaching at the New York Apple, my old junior team and at the junior B level. And uh, so I was an assistant coach for one year and then uh, promoted to head coach. I was a head coach of the junior B team for three years and got promoted to you know, the head coach of the junior A team, coached that team for two years. You know, and then at that level, that's a tough level because you're developing players to move on to college hockey. Uh, you know, I said, you know, help, you know, a lot of players, you know, move on, but it really got, you know, there were, we, there were some players that were great players that I was coaching and had opportunities to play at a, the highest level possible, but just their interest wasn't there, whether it was academic, whether it was social, whatever it was. And then they decided to play, you know, club hockey, you know, somewhere. And, mm. uh, and they had a great time, they had a great career. And it was funny, you know, it was like, all right, you know, you know after my second year at Apple Corps, I said, you know, I would love to coach college hockey and the opportunity to coach at New York university opened up and I was like, all right. And that's a club hockey team or in the center of New York city, obviously at a great school. I said, Hey, I think I can do something here, you know? And at the time I had just started, you know, I, I was working at the Ronald McDonald house, uh, of Long Island and as a PR manager. And I was like, all right, so I can kind of keep my career going in, in that direction and, and also coach, uh, you know, coach hockey. And, um, so I did that at Coach Hockey at NYU for 10 years. 
you know, won two national championships. Um, wow, that's pretty bro. And you, you yeah, did, no, were yeah. you teaching them the the game seven mindset at this point in time, or had that developed? I, at that point, I was still developing it. You know, I was really still developing it. You know, it's it's. Um, well, what was the catalyst to develop that, and and how how is it? You know, if we got a coach that is listening now, or even not an athletic coach, maybe just a teacher that works with students yeah. on this. You know how how does how can that be applied to to what they're doing? Yeah. No, I love that. I, and, and, I, and I think it, this is what NYU taught me. I mean, NYU, I mean, it's certainly not known for its sports, right? It's known for, you know, being a liberal arts school. It's, it's um, you know, uh, a lot of so many actors and performers come out of NYU. And, you know, I, I had the opportunity to connect with a lot of people there, mm-hmm. you know, not just in the athletic department, but other people around the school. And, you know, I would go to, you know, performances and things like that. And then it was, it was honestly, it was sitting at a performance it wasn't an NYU performance, it was a Broadway show. And I'm watching the, you know, the performance and I'm just saying to myself, they've got to be on every single day, every single day. And if they slip up a little bit, the audience is going to know, right? So game seven mindset, you know, yeah, it has that, that sports connotation to it. But I, when it first came out, it was really this, this, this hybrid of arts and, oh wow, um, and sports. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, you know, my, my dad's a drummer in a band and I grew up in bars in New York city. And so I, I was always exposed to that, you know, performing arts and, you know, it's, you're, you're putting on a show, you know, for people. And so what, would, so what is it, you know, that what, what tell, tell the audience that that's listening, you know, what is the game seven mindset? I, I like the name of it because it is yeah. you know, every time I think of a game seven, you know, everything's on the line. You know, the the tension is there. It doesn't make a difference where you're at home or away. There's just, you know, that that excitement yeah. that's going on. Where if you're at a game six, if we lose, we don't want to lose, but we can come back. But seven, and it's do or die. So, yeah, no, it, it it's the game seven mindset. It, it, it I think it, it definitely, the thing that I used to always tell my players and, and to this day, it's, it's adversity is just a test. Mm. Right. Things are never going to go the way you plan them to go. Right. And same thing with my injuries, same thing with finally getting a shot at a division one school and then having the program drop. Right. When you see that adversity, it's just a test. You know, it's, it's, you know, if you think you're good, okay, let's see how good you are when, when, you know, you don't have the best cards in your hand. Right. So, um, so I, I think that's part of it. I think it, it, it's knowing how to deal with adversity and to your point of that, you know, when you're a performer or, you know, you're an athlete in, in a big game, you know, a lot, you know, there's that misconception of like, all right, you got to get excited. You got to, you know, that chest pounding and, mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is it, it's, it's, it's about being calm. And, um, you know, in, in the presentation I gave at the summit, I mean, there's that great quote, right. It's, you know, when, you know, when you, when you're pushed up to your point there, you know, or, and you're being challenged, it's not about rising to the occasion. It's about falling into your training. Right. And, um, so I think, you know, I think a lot of it is that, you know, where, Every person is different. They've got different wiring just through the experiences and the relationships they've had throughout their life. Uh, for me, you know, it was it was never easy. You know, it was, you know, if I, you listen, I grew up in New York City, like I said, the city that that has everything except for hockey, right? Like I picked the one thing in, you know, and to play hockey in New York City is a tough thing to do. Um, I remember being on a subway you know, six o'clock in the morning, trying to get to a rink to get a little bit extra ice time. 
my parents driving me all over, you know, you know, the country to, you know, to let me play at the highest level possible, you know, so there's a lot of sacrifice involved in, in, in the game seven mindset, but, you know, at the same time, you know, it, it goes back to those experiences I had of what it means to be a good teammate mm. and, you know, do it, you know, sometimes you, you, you know, there are things that you got to do, um, that might not benefit you might not be the best for you. Uh, but you know, it's going to be what's best for the team. And those were all things that I, 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 you know, I, I look at when I was, you know, injured and, and trying to support the team any way I can. Uh, when I was a redshirt at Iona, right? Like, how can I help this team? You know, do I need me to do anything? You know, and, you know, I never hesitated. Right. And that kind of carried over into my coaching career where, you know, you, you know, it's not always about, you know, having the best players or the most skilled team it's about the team that can buy into a culture and a team that can you know trust that process and understand what the standard is i think you know one of the things that really helped me you know in 2013 i was when i was coaching nyu i was invited to coach the rangers at the at the end of the nhl lockout at that time i had built a, a really good relationship with uh john tortorella who you know uh, we remain, you know, good friends now. Um, you know, he's a head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers now. But, you know, he said, hey, listen, I want you to coach a team for three days. And and uh, I was like, all right, that'd be cool. And uh, so it was my three days in the NHL. And, you know, I had the opportunity. And this is when they had you know, tremendous players on their team. And, you know, I went into the atmosphere, you know, that experience like it was a game seven mindset, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to, I'm just going to focus on what I can control. Not worry about, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, there's that stuff in the back of your head that's saying, oh, are they going to roll their eyes? Like, who's this guy? You know, but uh, there was none of that. I mean, they were so amazing, uh, you know, having the opportunity to see how professionals support one another, how professionals practice, how they go about their business. Um, and I got to see that over three days, you know, and probably one of the really cool parts of that experience was... Mike Sullivan was the assistant coach of the Rangers at that time. I was the head coach of the Penguins. And uh, he pulled me aside for about 40 minutes. And he was just asking me questions, you know, about how, how you know, I had this drill you were doing out there, you know, explain this to me. And at first I thought he was like, all right, he's, you know, busting my chops or whatever. But it then it really, you know, pretty quickly after I was like, oh, this guy wants to learn, mm. you know, and, and, and the same thing with torts. I mean, torts was the same way, like, you know, he would, you know, there was one time, you know, he was showing me, he pulled out a napkin and he starts drawing up a, a, a four check and, um, you know, he draws it up. He, he shows me, he goes, what do you think? And I said, and I kind of paused for a little bit and he goes, you don't get it. You don't understand it. I'm like, no, I get it. I'm trying to beat it, you know? And, and like, it's one of those things where, you know, then we have this back and forth a little bit. And that was the same thing with Salt, Mike Salt, you know, it's, they want to learn, you know, you think they're the best coaches in the world and then they are, they're, you know, two of the best to, to do it. But the thing that makes them so special is that they're willing to, they want to learn from anybody, you know, whoever it is, you know, I was a club hockey coach at the time, right? Like, who's this guy, you know, but you know, they saw an opportunity to learn and, and, um, and that, that blew me away, you know? So I, I think that's a concept people miss. Something that, uh, yeah, they think What's that? A, I think that's a concept a lot of people miss, especially those who are working with youth. They think, "Oh, I already know everything. I'm really good," yeah. and they lack, yeah. they don't understand that the very elite, the top, the best, yeah. are yeah. constantly learning. Um, you know, I, I, I was trained uh, through speaking 
through the Ziegler organization. And Mr. Zig Ziegler, you know, when he was alive, was arguably the world's greatest motivational speaker when he was active. And yet every year he would go to the National Speakers Association convention, sit on the front row and take notes from people mm -hmm. who honestly could not shine his shoes as far as their ability compared to him. But he was taking notes constantly about how to get better. And, and he yeah. would always go and talk to the, the speakers afterwards. Hey, how, how, where did you get that concept from? Tell me, tell me more about this so I can know. I want to be better at what I'm doing. And they're like, one thing, they're probably really, you know, geeking out. You know, here's the, here's the legend, the man who created this entire industry. And yet he's wanting to learn from me. So it's the same way what you're saying. You know, these guys who now are at the top of their game, they've always been eager learners. I bet they still do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the NHL, they have these NHL uh, coaches con conventions that they put on. They um, they usually did it with in conjunction with the draft, wherever the NHL draft is, they have a, a coaches conference. Um, and I, I went to a couple of them. And it's really cool because you have in, in the audience, whoever signs up, anybody can sign up for them. You're sitting in the audience with, you know, coaches that are, you know, just learning to, you know, coach mites and squirts. And to your left and then to your right, you've got NHL coaches taking mm -hmm. notes, like you said. And it's one of those things that you're like, you know, this, this is, this is that atmosphere that you want to be in. You see the, how the best go about their business and they're never there. There's no settling, right? Like they're like, no, we got to keep getting better. We got to keep learning. You know, there's that, that, that saying, right? Like the more I learn, the more I realize that it, no. And, and, you know, so that, that experience with the Rangers, you know, I guess it was in 2013, and then, you know, at NYU, we won our first national championship in 2015. And, you know, it was one of those experiences where we really did fail our way to success. You know, it was, we kept getting a little bit better every year, but we didn't, we couldn't get over the mountain. And then, uh, you know, and then we, then we, and we got it done. Then the year after we won the first, you know, we actually had the best year uh, in the regular season uh, that I ever had at NYU. And uh, we lost at the national tournament and, uh, you know, we didn't make it to the uh, final four there, but we needed that reminder of, of what it's like to lose, you know, and, and how hard it is to win. And then we won it again in 2017, the, the following year, you know, so I think, you know, it's, it's important to, you know, really, you got to hate to lose more than you love to win. And I think that's the, the big message, right? Yeah. Like, I think, you know, you, that's you just, that's my personality. Like, and, you know, I've, yeah. I've co I coached baseball and I coached competitive softball for a number of years on, on different levels. And my the people who knew me real well, they said, oh, you just have a passion for winning. And I would respond, no, I don't have a passion <laughs> for winning. I just hate losing. I said, I win, I'm excited and I'm happy. But the next day, I'm not really thinking about that win. If I lose, it's going to bother me until I get another chance. It's yeah, going to drive yeah. me crazy until I get another chance. Unless, it, except for at the, a lot of times at the very end, you know, if I'm in a championship game or we were in a tournament and we were at a high level, if I feel like everything that we've done was giving it our all, maybe it wasn't at our very best, but at that time it was all we had, and the other team just outplayed us. Yes, I hated it, but at the same time, I was like, I can sleep because I know that we didn't. Uh, I remember one time playing a game, Chris, and 
and, and coaching a game. We got through with it, and I just was so mad I couldn't be around anybody because we did not perform. We did not give our best. The guys were not running it out. They were not communicating. I wasn't doing my job. I could just – everything. The whole drive home was – like. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's – but that's you know, for me the games and that and that's the tough part, right? Like for how long now? I would say like for about ten years now. You know, I've been I've been writing this this game seven mindset. You know, trying to put a book together, mm-hmm. right? And 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 it's one of those things where I keep you know it's like all right, I like where this is going. I like where this is going. Then I read something or I re- you know hear something and that takes me off into a whole other direction. It's not done yet, you know. And there's this constant growth thing that that you know where before i put this thing out there you know i want it to be perfect but the truth of the matter is i mean it's never going to be perfect right, right. It's, it's this continuing you know mindset well for the for the audience that didn't hear us in the mm-hmm. summit give them a rundown of what your game seven concept is so they can yeah they can have a little bit further understanding yeah so for, yeah for the summit i mean i really just introduced the first part of it so i've got you know these four golden rules right be on time be prepared and work as hard as possible and be honest. And, you know, the, the, the first one there, you know, be on time. That is the number one thing. Right. And, and it's not just physically being somewhere on time. It's, it's, it's also about that mindset of starting on time, you know, for a game, for example, right. Like, you know, if you're playing a hockey game, you know, you got to come out good. You got to come out ready to go. You know, you can't really start playing your best in the second, third period. You know, mm-hmm. at that point, who knows where the score is, who knows, and, and the way it was, especially as you grow up and, and competitively, if you don't have a good start, you're probably going to get benched. You're probably not even going to get a chance to play in the second, third period. You know, same thing kind of goes for, you know, a performer of any kind, right? If you're if you're on stage and you know you have a you know really bad start, you know the audience picks that up and they, they might tune you out a little bit. It's it, and it's a distraction. So you got to start on time, and you know, but then that next step you know, uh, being prepared, you can be on time. I'm here, you know, I'm here, but I forgot my, my skates at home. You're not prepared. You know, I'm, I'm here. I forgot who we're playing. I don't know the game plan. You're not, you're not, you know, you're not prepared. Um, so being on time and being prepared, you know, and then the third one is, is give your best effort, you know, every single day. And, but what I've learned, um, especially going through injuries and all that, your, your best effort's going to change, right? Like every day, you, you know, you might be under the weather a little bit, you know, you just might not be feeling it or whatever the case might be, but you still got to show up and you still got to give that best effort, you know? And, um, you know, I've, I've seen it a lot of times, especially with, with younger players that, you know, if they're having a bad game or whatever, they just kind of throw their hands up and just quit. You know, it's like, oh, I, you know, it's like, just keep going, just keep pushing through it. Um, so giving that best effort, you know, and, and finding a way to be a good teammate, you know, mm-hmm. being a good, colleague being a good whatever you know and then this is what i learned when i was you know not able to play due to injury or red shirt where it's like give your best effort right like maybe i man i i can't make a pass to save my life to right now but you know i'm gonna you know be a good teammate on the bench you know i'm gonna i'm gonna be a positive you know influence for my teammates and, and the people around me to help them that way um so give your best effort and then the fourth one is being honest and and you know most importantly being honest with yourself um, you know, I think it's, it's important that players and, and people, um, you know, have that ability to look in the mirror and, and really be honest with themselves and, and say, okay, I, I cut some corners here. 
you know, I, I didn't give my best effort, you know, I wasn't as prepared as I could be. But then again, I mean, there was also some of the best players that I've ever played with. One in particular, Ryan Vesey was a teammate of mine, same age, pretty much the same size, smaller players. You know, he stuck with it and, and you know, was a captain at Cornell and, you know, played in the NHL for a little bit with the San Jose Sharks and had a really great career um, in professional hockey in, in North America and overseas. One of the best things that I always took from him and, and you know, he never held back, you know, if, if you aren't having a good game, he did it in the way where he'd tell you and, and he didn't want, you know, if you ever felt like you were being the victim or something like that, like, oh, coach is picking on me. He's like, no, coach isn't picking on you. Play better. You're better than that, you know, and to have a teammate like that, that's able to be honest with you and, and, uh, you know, tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, um, is, is so important, you know, and, and, you know, and there were other times, other instances where, you know, he, um, you know, and he wasn't just me, he did with a lot of other players, you know, where, you know, he'd pull a guy over if he saw them slumping a little bit or something like that. And, and he'd get in their ear a little bit and say, Hey, you know, we, we see what you're doing. We appreciate what you're doing. You know, just, just keep going. You know, we know, we know what you got in there. So just keep, you know, and, and that's so important to have a teammate tell you. That's one thing if a coach tells you, you know, um, but when your teammates say it, it, it has a different feeling to it, you know, and, you know, a great story with, with, uh, with Rye. We were at the time I was being recruited by, by West Point. And, um, you know, at the time they had a JV team that our junior team would play against and, you know, I went on a visit, you know, my official visit that, you know, that day. And then that night we played their JV team and, you know, I was usually, a, you know, a third, fourth line player. We had a really good team. And, uh, that game, they put me on the first line with Ryan and I'll never forget in warmups, Ryan, you know, pulls me over and he goes, just keep your stick on the ice. Right. And then he found me back to where two, you know, scored two goals, you know, just from him setting me up, you know? So, you know, and I, I think that's the game seven mindset as well, right? Like good players make their teammates better. And mm. uh, it's not just about you, you know, it's about, all right, how do I approach this situation where, you know, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a tough task for one person to do on their own. I, I'm going to need help. And they got to be honest with themselves. All right, I need to get, to get the team behind me here on this. Um, what do you found as, as far as these four golden rules, what, what, what yeah. do you found as being the, the most difficult one for, for young, for young people to, you know, to, to get in the concept, be on time. I mean, I physically, they can get that. Uh, when you immediately were talking about that's a mental thing as well. I was reminded of a, of a young player I had on a baseball team who was not, who was always on time physically, but in tryouts, he wasn't there. And the first yeah. week or so of practice, he wasn't there. It wasn't that he was out, you know, thinking of other things. He just wasn't given everything. By the end of the season, he was always the best player or one of or one of the best. But at the beginning yeah. of the season, there were times where, you know, as we as coaches were looking, saying, "Is this kid, is Sam going to make it this year? You know, is is he even trying? I mean, what's going? Is is he lost his passion? And he was just slow getting up. So. Be prepared. You know, he maybe was prepared and gave his best effort. It was towards the end. So youth, which ones do you think they have the worst concept with? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think for for young players or just young people in general, I mean, I don't know if they know what their best effort is. You know, mm -hmm. I think when they get challenged a little bit and they get taken out of that comfort zone, that's when it's like, oh, there's more. Oh, I, I can do more. Oh, you know, and 
So I think, you know, it's, 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 it's a little bit of that. I think it's, it's a player that might not, you know, really know what their, you know, that limit is, you know, they might say, okay, this is all, this is all I can do, but no, it's not, you can do so much more, you know, and, and it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be the physical thing. I mean, you could be more, right. Tryouts. I mean, talking about trials for a second. I mean, I love, if I can try out every single day, I would love that. I, I was such a good tryout player and, you know, maybe it had something to do with, you know, the experiences I went through with the injuries and being a richer, but you, you know, what I love to do in tryouts was I love to find who the best player was out there. And I said, I'm going to be on that player all because everyone's going to be watching that player. So I'm going to make that player's life health for the next, the next hour along this trial, it's going to last. And that's that was a good thing for me, where it's like, all right, I think that's how you 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 continue to get better as well, right? Like, you know, it's about who you surround yourself with. If you're surrounding yourself with people who have low expectations for themselves, um, you know, don't take it as serious, um, you're going to turn into that, mm. you know. But if you put yourself and you surround yourself with the people who are constantly grinding, people who are constantly growing, and you challenge them, you're going to grow you're going to grow with them, you know? So yeah, I think, but you know, it's tough for kids, right? Like kids, you know, they have their circle of friends and no, this is my friend. He's my best friend. Yeah. But you know, and I think that's, that's where parents have to get a little bit more involved and make sure that they're steering their kids in the right direction and making sure they're, listen, we live in a world right now where inspiration is everywhere. You know, you just go on the internet and, and, you know, find inspiration and, and things like that. But you know, I think it's so important that that young players have a good support system around them of of people that just not you know just don't tell you what they need to hear, but or what they want to hear, but what they need to hear, right? And and you know, like I said, I was fortunate enough to be on some really good teams or really good players. My you know one you know one of the seasons I played at Apple Corps, you know, we had you know I think there were like 21, 22 players on that team, nineteen of them went Division One, but more than that, you know. It was a team that, you know, we had, you know, Vin Hellemeyer was a captain at Yale after that. Ryan Vesey was a captain at Cornell. Doug Murray was a captain at Cornell. You know, Eric Nystrom was a captain at Michigan. Mike Brennan was a captain at Boston College. Chris Huber was a captain at UConn. And it, like this, you know, Ryan Crothers captain at Robert Morris University. It was just like this list of not just good hockey players, but leaders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, it was just this incredible locker room that everyone challenged each other. And you, and you didn't let anybody get off the hook, right? Like you, like you, everyone was held accountable, right? And it, it was almost, it was a team that was kind of put on, on, on autopilot, to be perfectly honest with you, because it was just that culture that we had in that room that everyone was reaching, you know, you know, for the highest thing possible. But I mean, that's, that was my wiring, you know, and not everybody has those experiences. Not everybody's fortunate enough to be put in those situations, I was fortunate enough to put in those situations. I was lucky enough to be in, the, in that room, you know, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, that, that game seven mindset. And, and I think, you know, the, it's funny, the book that really changed my life. And my wife said, you got to read this book. Uh, was, was, is the four agreements by, uh, you know, Tom Miguel Ruiz and that book, you know, really changed my life and, and opened up, you know, my vision to the mental side of, of everything you do in life. And, you know, so it's, um, 
you know, and that's really opened up, you know, me, re- you know, reading books and, and, you know, some of my best, you know, favorite authors. I and mean, you got Ryan Holiday who's one of my favorite authors. And, you know, I've been reading the Tim Grover books, you know, so it's, you know, a lot of these books, you know, it, it's, it's, it's about being centered. It's about being in control of your emotions. Um, and I think that's what the game seven mindset is. It's, it's about not just getting all fired up and getting, you know, rah, rah. It's about, no, it's about finding peace and it's about being under control because, you know, listen, at the end of the day, if you want to achieve something great, it's not going to be easy. You're going to be challenged. Um, and you got to be prepared to, uh, to deal with that adversity. So it goes back to that saying of, you know, adversity is just a test and, uh, you know, it, it really depends on what you do with it. Well, Chris, how can our audience connect with you to learn more about this so they can use it? Because I can see application of this, not only in the athletics and the arts, which we talked about, but yeah. when you were going over these things again, just then I, I was thinking we're starting when we're recording this, uh, schools are about to start. They're starting in the right. next week. Some have started now. The next three weeks, schools all over the nation will be starting. I was thinking teachers, this this should be posted on a board in the classrooms, you know, here it is and, and explain it for they. So how can our audience get in touch with you to learn more about what is uh, more about this? Yeah. I mean, I'm, a, I'm on Instagram, the game seven mindset. Um, you know, I mean, that's, that's where I do most of my, uh, you know, searching um, as far as uh, you know, looking for inspiration, looking for, you know, people to collaborate with and things like that. Um, you know, but there's no doubt. I mean, it, listen, I, I, I it, it's been a project of mine for, 10 plus years, you know, putting this, this concept together. And, and, you know, when it really started, it was just like a, you know, kind of a theory almost like, oh, you know, what is this? Is, is this something, you know? And, and the more and more I learn and the more and more I dive into it, I'm like, it, it really is something. And, um, you know, and, and like you said, it's, it's obviously listen, game seven mindset. It has that, that sports uh, connotation to it, but it's something that, you know, can really be utilized in all walks of life. Yeah. Um, you know, aside from coaching, you know, I'm like you said, I'm in I'm in marketing. I'm a chief marketing officer at the American Association of Suicidology, and you know, and and you know, working with you know folks around the, the country and around the world that you know have mental health issues, and you know, it, it's it's important to look at you know that side of everything, you know, how they approach life and. You know, and so that that combination of my my career and marketing and uh, and coaching, you know, definitely you know helped each other out. There were times where you know, you know, marketing helped me be a better coach, and coaching helped me be a better marketing professional. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of these things that I'm just going to continue to have that student mindset and uh, you know continue to learn. Chris, thank you for for joining us today. Thank you for your contribution to this to the summit uh, this past summer. I appreciate this. I appreciate Tammy for connecting us, a uh, special person uh, that she is on that. So thank you for joining us today on, on the Generation Youth Podcast. And thank you, audience, for sticking with us. Listen, someone that you know, audience, needs to hear this message. So please like, share, and comment on this, either on YouTube or uh, on your favorite podcast uh, platform. And we'll see you again next on the next episode of the Generation Youth Podcast. And there you have it, another impactful episode of the Generation Youth Podcast. To all of our listeners out there, remember to hit that subscribe button 
on your preferred podcast platform so you can never miss an episode. Want to be a part of the Generation Youth community? Follow us on all of our social media platforms. We'll keep you connected with all of our upcoming episodes and inspiring initiatives. You're not just a listener here. You're a catalyst for change. Together, we're building a future filled with promise, potential, and endless possibilities. This journey is just starting. So keep tuning in, keep growing, and let's continue uplifting our youth one episode at a time. Thank you for joining us today. And until next time, let's keep sparking inspiration and igniting the future.